the 18th chapter of Hilchas Malva Valeva, the laws of a lender and borrower. This pattern contains ten alachas and will deal with the manner in which a loan is collected and from which belongings of the borrower one can collect a loan. Perak Shmena Asr, the 18th chapter, Halacha Aleph. In this halacha, the Rambam will explain some terminology which we have been using throughout Hilchas Malva Valeva. When a person borrows money, all of his belongings in general are meshubad, are subjugated to repayment of the loan, should he be unable to, take, to pay with money. Then, since his belongings are meshubad, they are, they are subject to collection, the, bar, the lender can take from those belongings and to correspond with value to correspond to the money he is owed. Furthermore, let us say that the person that borrowed money sold some of these belongings, which were already meshubed, of course, to the lender. And a third party has now bought these, uh, this land, for example. The law is that the, since there is a lien already on this property, the lender can not, not only has the right to collect from the borrower, should the borrower not have money, he can go on to the lukuches, to the buyer, the third party who bought this land from the borrower. This is known as being teiref minamal as the Rambam now explains. Halacha Aleph. Hamalvi stam. A person that lends money to another one, stam, without indicating from where, shall be collected. All of his belongings, those of the borrower, are, have achrayis, they have responsibility, and they are all subject to collection for this loan. And therefore, when it comes time for the lender to collect, First he goes to the one that owes him money. To see whether he has any belongings, whether they're movable objects or land. And gave him and he can collect from them as long as the borrower agrees. However, if the borrower does not give them voluntarily, then the Jewish court is allowed to collect them on behalf of the lender. He cannot get out of it by his denial. He merely forces the right to collection over from the lender to the court. This is all if the borrower has enough money to repay. Let's say, Let's say everything which is found in his possession does not suffice to, to correspond to the amount he owes. In such a case, He can collect from any of the land which belong to the borrower. Even though presently they're in someone else's hands, they have been sold to someone else, the Lakuches, or he gave them away as a gift. And since the borrower sold or gave away the gift, of this land, if there was already Meshubat, subject to collection for this debt, the lender has the right to take the land away from those that bought the land or from the ones that received the gift, since there was already a lien on the land, meaning that he had a previous claim before they bought it or received it as a gift. He is allowed to take it back for collection of his loan. And this is what is called Tayraf to grab away from the Lukuches in the event that the borrower himself does not have enough money to pay, you grab it away from them. 
However, when does this apply? That he is allowed to grab the land away from the buyers. Only land which was owned by the borrower at the time that he took out the loan. Because at the moment he took out the loan, everything which he owned was meshubat, subject to repayment of this loan. But any belongings which came to his hands after he already borrowed money, they are not subject to collection of this loan, and therefore he cannot grab them away. Since he did not own them, there was never any shibud on them. However, Let's say the stipulation was made that anything which he shall purchase later on should also be subject for repayment of this loan. And then he bought something after the loan was taken out. So normally this that he bought after he borrowed money would not be mashub. But since he stipulated that it would, this is now mashub. And now afterwards, he sold it or gave it away. In this case, the lender is allowed to grab away from the recipient of the gift or from the buyer since it was stipulated that there would be a chayas on everything which was purchased even after the loan. This is a binding stipulation and therefore he can collect even if it was purchased after the loan. Halacha base. In this halacha, the Rambam points out the essential distinction between land and movable objects metalkalim regarding this law of being teirif from the lakuches. Ein kol amurin all of this applies only to land that the lender is allowed to collect even from a third party who has bought from the borrower. But movable objects, there is no achrayas, meaning once they have been sold, they are not subject to collection. And even movable objects which were owned by the borrower at the time he took out the loan, which were sold, the lender is not allowed to grab them away from the buyers. However, this is in general the law by metalkalin movable objects. The Rambam will now discuss a way in which even the metalkalin should have achrayis. And how is this? There are many ways of acquiring metalkalin. One can do so through mashicha, through pulling the object into one's into one's uh, possession or lifting it up and so on. There is another means of acquisition called being kaina al karka. That when one acquires land, any one can stipulate that anything which is sitting on this land also shall be acquired. For example, one buys a house and all of the movable objects in the house, one can stipulate that they are also being bought. In this case, the law of land will apply not only to the land itself, but to any object which is on the land. And therefore, such an object will have achrayas. Therefore, hikmila bal chayve, kol amataltlin al gab karka, shayesh leiliyes and niframin hakel. If the borrower gave over to the lender all of his movable objects al gab karka, that it should be collected from everything. He's saying that in the event he doesn't have the money, he was imaginate to him, he gave him the, the acquisition, the right to collect, not only from the land, but also from the metalkalim. And it was kain al-gabakarka. In this case, the movable objects have the law of land. And harizet teiref me'esam This lender is allowed to be teiref to collect even from these movable objects, even if they were sold later on to someone else. However, there are two limitations on this. This is only if it is written in the document substantiating the loan that I 
gave over to you any of the movable objects I have uh, together with the land sheyeshli. And I'm doing this I'm doing this not an, as an asmachta. An asmachta is an uncertain statement. And the law is asmachta lekanya that it is not a valid kinyan. As we had several times before in these halachas that should someone make an agreement never expecting it shall come into being this is called an asmachta even if the person agrees to it and writes it in the document should it be an asmachta and the person never really expected it to happen it was just written down over there although it's written in the document it's not binding so therefore it must be written specifically in the shtar shalik asmachta this is not merely an asmachta something we're writing to fill up space in the document this is meant for real that should there not be land to collect from I should not have the money to pay you back you will be, even be able to take away movable objects from the little kuches. so too it must be written not like a form of a document as the custom was that the scribes would make forms for different loans and they would leave blank who the lender is and who the borrower is and what the amount of money and what is the time of repayment and so on so too, they would uh, sometimes have the habit of writing that 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 he would have the right to collect from the metal lincheishle al karka. And if this was this was written in the shtar, in the event the people would want such a stipulation, since this was always written over there, perhaps the lender, the, excuse me, the borrower didn't really mean that he wanted the metal the movable objects, to be subject to collection in the event he sold them to someone else. Therefore, it must be written explicitly in the document, not like the form of it, which is used in a document, which is only put over there because everybody usually wants it, or the cipher wanted to save himself some time in writing it later. It must be explicitly written that it's not like Tafsedashtaris. The Kainim Kosov, and so too if it takes it one step further. If it's written, Shakol Nachosim Shani Osid Liknais, that any belongings which I will acquire in the future, as we mentioned at the end of Allah Aleph. And he adds on here, Baina Karkois, Bain Metalkalin, whether it's land or movable objects. In this case, he also has the power to make them Meshubat. He continues in the document that they are subject to you, that you should be able to collect from them. And the movable objects are acquired to you on top of the land. In other words, together with the land, that you should be able to collect even from the movable objects, not an asmachta, as we mentioned before, on a statement of uncertainty, and not that it's merely written in the form. Should this be written, that he should be able to collect even from the movable objects, and even if they were acquired after the loan, he can collect even from the movable objects, and even those which were acquired by the borrower after the loan took place. Any stipulation which is made in monetary matters is binding, as the Rambam has mentioned on many occasions. Therefore, if the borrower wants to ruin himself and make such stipulations, he is allowed to do so, and they are binding. Halacha Gimel. In Halacha's Gimel through Vav, the Rambam deals with the concept of an apaseki, of a designated object or designated land that the person said, designated, that when it comes time for repayment, that you will be repaid specifically from this object. Instead of just generally saying that he is owed, that the means of repayment has been specified. Halacha Gimel. Also, if a person made his field, 
a designated means of collection to the one that he owes money or to a woman for repayment of her ksuba. In other words, it was written that when you collect, you shall collect specifically from this field. This is when it's written in the document that you shall collect from here. What happened? Along came a river and swept the field away. Do we say that since it was specified that he should collect only from this designated field? Now there's no field. Maybe he's exempt from repayment. The Rambam says, in general, no. This lender is allowed to collect from any other belongings, and furthermore, even bitayref, even from the lakuches, those that have bought things. From this borrower, he can also collect from them. That he has not ruined his claim simply because he has accepted this designated field as the means of collection. However, if he stipulated with the lender that he should be repaid only from this, and he specifies elamizu that he should not be repaid except from this, in such a case, since he was stipulated in such a way, he cannot collect from anything else. He can only take this field since it was stipulated. It was stipulated that he can collect only from here and no other place. And as we mentioned previously, any condition in monetary matters is binding. And so too if he borrowed money. And he explicitly said that there is no achrayas, meaning that he should, that the lender should not have right to collect from any of the lakuches, anyone that bought the land from, which belonged to the borrower. In this case, the lender cannot collect ever from anything which is meshubat. But again, since any condition made in monetary matters is binding, so to this. And since the lender agreed that there would be no achrayas on this loan, he himself ruined his own chance to be tater from the lukuches. And this that the Gemara says that achrayas toh sefer, that it's, a, it's considered that if the document does not say that there is achrayas for collection of this loan, it's considered to be a mistake of the scribe, since it's so obvious and such a general principle that a person always wants there to be achrayas on a loan. The lender always wants it. Should it not be written, we nevertheless act as if it's there, because it's considered as if the scribe merely omitted it. But now, that's only if he doesn't specify that it should be bli achrayas. That applies only if it's not written there anything, whether it's with achrayas or not. Should it be specified that there is no achrayas, then this is another condition which is binding. Let's say he designated this field as the source of repayment to the lender or to a woman for a payment of her ksuba, and then later on he sold it. We say that it's an invalid sale because it has already been designated that this shall be used for repayment, and certainly he's going to eventually have to repay, or do we say the sale is nevertheless valid? The halacha is, it is considered a valid sale. And therefore, therefore, when the lender comes to collect his debt, should he not find belongings which are b'nei chayrim, b'nei chayrim means belongings which are presently within the possession of the borrower, then he can grab away this other field, which was the apaseki. And if not, that's anyway the law by any case of land. What's so special over here that he made it an aposeki? 
the commentaries explain that normally the law is by collecting from the lakuches, being paid of land, that one collects only from the last thing which was sold. Things which were sold earlier, even though they should have been sold after the loan took place, it is not within the free choice of the lender to collect from whatever he wants. He is only allowed to collect from the latest loan because the earlier buyers can always claim, why should you take it out on us? We saw that he has other land and realizing that there is a debt to this lender, the lender we see would be able to collect from this other land. How can you penalize us since we knew that there was other land anyway he could collect from? Why should we be blamed by taking our land? Therefore, in general, the law is that one can collect only from the last one which was sold by the borrower to the lakeia. However, in this case, since this was an apaseki, it was already designated that this one should be the source of collection. He can collect from it even should it have been sold before other fields. True, he can has to go first to the Bnei Chayrin. He cannot be taken from the Lukuches, even though it was designated that this field should be the repayment. But once he already goes into the level where he's taking away from the buyers anyway, then he has the choice of taking this Apaseki since it was designated. However, when does this apply? That he can go and grab away this field from the Lukeya, only when it was sold, meaning that it was told to the Lakeyach that he's only buying it temporarily. In other words, the buyer was informed that there's a lien on this property, and not only a lien, that this particular field was designated for repayment. Only in that case do we say it's a valid loan, and then it can be taken from the Lakeyach. But if it was sold as an eternal sale, in other words, the borrower didn't even tell the buyer that there was a previous claim on this land and it was made in Apaseki. Should he have sold it permanently, it is not considered to have been sold in the first place. It was a mekach toys, it's completely worthless, since this is such an important aspect of the land, and it was concealed from the buyer, it is as if the buyer has been fooled, and there was no sale to begin with. Halacha hey. In this halacha, the Rambam distinguishes between cases which are like what we mentioned in halacha dalad, that one can be tated from the lakeach, only if there are no b'nei chayrin, only if there are no objects presently within the possession of the, the borrower. And those cases that after something was made in Apaseki, that one can collect from the lakeach even if he should have b'nei chayrin, even though there should be possessions immediately in his hand. Also, abde Apaseki umochre. Let's say the borrower designated his servant as a designated source of repayment, and then he sold the servant. In this case, in this case, the lender can collect directly from this servant. He can take the servant as payment, even if the borrower should have other forms of payment available presently within his possession. Nevertheless, he can go directly to the one that bought this servant and take it from him. Why is it different from the regular case of a field? Because there is publicity regarding the sale of a slave. Everyone knows when a slave is made an Apaseki. So since everyone knew about it, it's the responsibility of the buyer. Since he was, was well aware, as a result of the great publicity, that this slave was made an Apaseki, it was he that caused his own financial loss by purchasing the slave. The, in the Rosh and Atruva explains the reason why it is the slave has this has this kail, has such publicity because he goes around telling everybody. He has a mouth and he tells that he was designated for repayment of a certain loan. And therefore everyone knows about it. The slave himself is saying this. However, also, if he designated his axe 
as the source of repayment, and then sold the ox, in such a case, this is just like land. Ein Balchav gave him menu, the lender cannot collect from this ox. The Cain shot him a talpling, so to any other movable objects, because there is no publicity automatically connected with them. Therefore, we would not expect the, the buyer to know that there was a previous claim, and therefore he must first collect from the Bnei Chayri. We mentioned in Halacha Gimel that there are two different ways of writing that Paseki. One, a person writes Meikan Tigbu, they collect from here, and another even stronger way that you should not collect except from here. In which case, if the object itself is lost, there is complete exemption from repayment. The Rambam will now, in Allah above, explain that there are cases that even if the second stronger stipulation be made, that he can only collect from this, nevertheless, in some cases, that if it should no longer be cap- uh, possible to collect from this object, the borrower is nevertheless responsible to pay. Allah above. This speaks about, at the beginning at least, about an Evid, a slave who has been freed. As the procedure is with an Evid Knani, that when one takes a, a non-Jew to be a servant, one must first give him a briz, one must circumcise him, and he is immersed in the mikvah. And then he is required to fulfill all of the mitzvahs which a woman is obligated in, excluding the mitzvah shazman grama. Afterwards, should he wish to free this slave, he can write a get shikhrur, uh, an emancipation uh, declaration, and at that point he is freed and becomes a full-fledged Jew. Now let's say Evid Let's say that there is a servant whose whose master made him an aposeki, a source of repayment for the loan, and then he freed him. Now he's a Jew. He cannot be sold for repayment. He's a full fledged Jew now. In such a case, even if you wrote the stronger form of Apaseki and said that you will only collect from this, from this servant, nevertheless, the slave is freed. And it is uh, that although there was a Shibut that originally he was uh, subject as a form of repayment for this loan, once he has been freed, it is a valid act of Shikru. And so too, of a Canaan, if he sanctified him, meaning he dedicated him, uh, meaning his value to the Beis HaMikdash, when somebody makes him hektish, sanctified, this is also something which is taken out of the entire category of repayment. As the Rambam now explains, If something turns into chametz on Pesach, in other words, a certain food, a chametz, was designated as repayment for a loan, and then Pesach came along. Since on Pesach, chametz cannot be utilized, then this chametz automatically becomes invalid for repayment. And, and the shibud is broken. And so too, when a slave is freed, or when something is sanctified, this is mafkia, it takes away the whole idea of shibud. However, the lender can nevertheless still collect his debt from the borrower. The case of a love shtar and if should he have no money, they will write a document that he owes him the money, and he will even be able to grab away from the Lukuches after the time designated in this document. But the question is, why should he be required to pay? If the law is that these cases of Chomet, Shechur, and Hektish, or Mafkin Miyad Shibur, and it was written in the document that he can only collect from here. Now he can no longer collect because these things take out, take away the Shibur. Why should he have to pay? So the Ramam explains, Since he was a Gram, he caused his 
his lender to have a financial loss. He directly caused it himself. Anyone that causes damage has to pay. As the Rambam explained, that even if you if you're a gram, if you cause financial damage, you nevertheless are required to 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 pay. And so too over here, since he knew that the, the 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 document said he can only collect from here, and then he freed the slave. This is as if he was with his own through his own action making it impossible for the lender to collect. And furthermore, another law relating to this: we force. The second master, meaning the lender, because the borrower who originally had the servant is the first master. He freed him. Now, the, the lender, who is Rabbi Hasheni, thinks that he has a claim that there was a shibut. We force him to explicitly free the servant. In order to have public good. In other words, in order that, the, that things should transpire in a peaceful manner. That he shouldn't find him walking around the marketplace, grab him and say, you're my servant. Since he has already been freed, he is a full-fledged Jew. We are afraid that the lender will not recognize this fact and come and grab him as a servant. In order to prevent that, we force him to explicitly state that he is freeing the servant, even though this statement is unnecessary, he has already been freed by the first. Halacha now that the Rambam mentioned in the previous halacha, that something which was sanctified, made hektish, is mafkia hashibud, that one no longer has this subjugation to be able to be used for repayment of a loan. Nevertheless, it is only a temporary, a temporary lack. Should later on the item be redeemed from hektish, as the law is, that things which are kedushas domin, which are only their value has been sanctified instead of the object the animal itself for example being sanctified to be offered on the on the altar it can be redeemed that one buys this another person can buy this object redeem it from hektish from a sanctified state and use it for himself the money thereafter being used for temple upkeep and so on the Rambam now explains that after this has been done after the pidyon after the object has been purchased the Shibud returns and the lender can once more collect his debt from this land or other object. Halach A person, evidently a borrower, who sanctifies his belongings. The lender cannot collect and grab away from Hektish from its sanctified state. As we explained in the previous halacha, that putting it in the state of Hektish in its sanctified state takes away this Shibut it being subject to payment. However, once it is, when it is being redeemed, when the land is being redeemed from Hektish, we estimate not the total value of the land. Because the one that's buying it from Hektish is anyone not going to be able to keep it. Since the Shibud will return to this land, somebody else is going to grab it away. Therefore, he doesn't have to pay the full value of the field. He just has to pay a tiny amount. We estimate, How much would a person want to give for such a field? With the understanding that it will be returned to the lender or returned to the woman for a ksuba. There is some benefit which could accrue. Perhaps the Baal Chayv will not demand it or the woman will not demand it. There's a chance he might be able to keep it after buying it. But since there's the greater possibility or probability that they will demand this field in return, therefore, we, we estimate how much it's worth it to him to take it for such a temporary and uncertain use and he pays that amount and it goes out of hectares. 
Lafichach, and therefore, once it is redeemed, and it becomes once more chulin, non-sanctified, from the person that buys it, along can come the lender and grab it away from him. Or the woman can grab it for repayment of her ksuba. And as the Rambam explained at length, in the Hilchus Erechin, regarding the dedication of things to Hektish. In this law of being tater from the Lakuches, taking away from the buyer, land which he bought from this borrower, and there was a lien on the property to repay this loan, but Amram now says that there is a way that this buyer can get out of returning the land itself and still hold it. A lender who comes to grab away the field from the purchaser, the third party who bought it from the borrower. If he has money, he can get rid of this claim of the lender. He can merely give him the amount to correspond to what he wants to collect. If the field is worth $100 and he is owed $100, he doesn't have to give him the field. He can hold the field and force the, the lender to accept $100 itself. Now he's out of $100. The buyer will return and claim this $100 from the one that sold him the field, meaning the, the borrower. Since the borrower sold him this field, and as a result of his owing the lender money, it's going to cost the lekeach. He can demand this money back from the one that sold him the field. However, if this field was designated that this should be the form of repayment, and as the commentaries point out, this is only in the greater, the stricter form of apaseki, that he designated that you should be repaid only from this. In such a case, he cannot rid himself of the claim of the lender simply by giving him money. Since it was stipulated that the repayment should be only from this field, the lender has the right to demand only that field and not money. However, should it be a regular apaseki that he says you will collect from here? In this case, he does have the ability, like any other field, to be masalkid, but domim, to appease him by giving him the money and keep the field for himself. Now the Rambam takes this law of appeasing the lender with money to keep the field one step further. Halachates. Ruven Ruven is the borrower, and he owes the lender Shimon 200. And he owns two fields. He sold one field to a third-party levy, who was the Lekeach, for a hundred. And later on, he sold levy the second field also for a hundred. Now, Shimon comes to collect his two hundred. Shimon comes, and he sees that Reuben has no money. So what is he going to do? He's going to be tater from the Lekeach, from Levi. Return of Achas Bamana. He grabbed one of these fields away from Levi to pay back one hundred of his debt. And now he's coming to grab away the second field also for the remaining hundred. And now Levi gives him a choice. Levi brings two hundred. This is the amount that he was originally owed. But now since he's grabbed one of the fields, he's only owned one hundred. So Levi takes the two hundred. He tells him, If you wish to have the one field which you already grabbed away from me. Evaluated to correspond to the entire 200, which you are owed. In this case, it's okay. I will agree. In other words, you will leave me alone. You won't 
grab this second field, and you will accept upon yourself this one field which you already grant as complete payment for your $200 which you were owed. However, if you don't, take this 200 I'm giving you and remove your claim on my fields. Not only you will not be able to take the second field, but you must return the first field which you took away from me. In other words, he wants to get the strength of his claim of being able to be Masalik for Domin, to remove the claim of the lender through giving him money instead of the field, not only to keep him from collecting a field, but to get him back the other field as well. Should he give him such a choice, Haddin in Levi. The law is with Levi. Levi has the right to force him to such a deal, either to have him accept this field as, uh, as being the, the valued at 200 and therefore accepted as complete payment and leave Levi with the second field, or otherwise that Levi will give him back the entire $200 and he will return the field. Let's say the first choice was made, that Shimon agreed to the first choice. That Shimon said, okay, I will accept this one field I took as being worth 200. Now, as is normal, the Levi, since he bought this from Reuven, and Reuven caused him financial damage, because since Reuven owes Shimon money, Shimon came to grab the field from Reuven. Now, Levi is going to demand money back from, from Reuven. The question is, how much should he demand here? When he bought it from Ruvain, he only paid 100 But now, Shimon accepted that it's worth 200 When Shimon took the field from Levi, he has accepted upon himself it's worth 200 So now, how much does Reuven have to pay Levi? Does he have to pay him 100 which is the amount Levi originally paid? Or does he have to pay 200 since he will get out of having to pay back Shimon. In other words, Shimon is no longer going to claim this other hundred from Reuben because he has already accepted upon himself that this field is worth two hundred. So somebody's going to be gaining a hundred over here. If you make Reuben pay back the entire two hundred, then Levy's going to be gaining money since Levy only paid a hundred for the field and now he's being given back two hundred by Reuben. On the other hand, if you only make Reuben pay back a hundred, then Reuben is gaining the money because he sold both fields for two hundred he is only returning 100 to Levi, and he is exempt from paying back Shimon. Instead of paying back Shimon the 200, he got out of this loan by only paying back 100, so Reuben is getting the extra 100. Which of these two things do we do? Even though Shimon accepted this field for a value of 200, thereby saving Reuben $100. Levi can only claim Reuben for 100 Since this is what he originally paid, off the, paid for the field, he cannot be making money off of Reuben. Now the final Allah of the Perak, Allah Yud. To understand this Allah, we must review what the Rambam said in Perak Yud Aleph, Allah Zayin and Chas, regarding getting a loan repaid from the heirs. Should the borrower die and the heirs be in charge of the estate, the law is that although one would be allowed to collect from the borrower himself, both from land and metallically movable objects, nevertheless from heirs one can only collect from land. Movable objects are not meshubat min and therefore the Rambam says in the case of Yisaymin, when the orphans, he will not be able to collect from the metallically. Halachiyut. Mace Reuven. Let's say Reuven dies. Reuven, who has borrowed $200, passes away. And he has left one field behind which is worth only a hundred. Along comes Shimon, and he grabs away this field, as the law is that he is allowed to grab for repayment, even from the Yusayimim, from the orphans from land. 
However, afterwards, the orphans decide they would rather have the land back. So they have some movable objects. So there, so they buy back the field from Shimon. As the law is, they are allowed to be Masal Kebedamin, to remove his claim on the field with money. And therefore, They give this Shimon a hundred from the Metaltalin, from the movable objects their father left them, and they removed his claim on the land. So now they have the land again. Now what do we say? Do we say that the land was was taken by Shimon, and therefore nothing else is Meshubit? And whatever was, was Meshubit to repayment of his debt has already been collected, since he only has 100, which is Meshubit, he has collected that 100 and he's finished. Or do we say that since the, the Yusayman themselves decided to give him movable objects, which by themselves they were not obligated to do, do we say that now they gave him the hundred, they have reacquired the field, and he can grab the field a second time to get his two hundred. First he grabbed the field for a hundred, but now they have purchased a field with metaltoline. They own the field again. Oh, they have a field, he'll grab it a second time. This is the Allah that Rambam says. Shimon can grab the field a second time to pay off the loan completely. And why is it like this? This hundred that they gave to pay back by giving them a title, and they are doing a mitzvah. Because it's a mitzvah on the orphans to pay back the loans which their father had taken out. As the Rambam mentioned there in Perek Yoralaf, that although we cannot force the heirs to give from movable objects is nevertheless a mitzvah because of kibbut af for the honor of their father that he should not have outstanding loans which he did not pay off so therefore they did a mitzvah by paying it off so therefore we do not consider that they were merely giving him the hundred without any other intention other than to remove the claim on the field if that would be their only intention as the Rambam now says they would not he would not be able to, to collect from the field a second time as the Rambam says, "Ve'im Omrulay, if these orphans tell Shimon, 'Elu b'meid me'asodesh shetorafta,' that these metaltlin we are giving you with a hundred dollars worth of metaltlin to correspond uh, to be payment for the money of the field, which you grabbed away, in such a case, ain't a yochel after belitrafaisa pamacheres b'sharachayve, he cannot grab it again a second time to have his loan paid off. That since the orphans specified that they are only giving him this." as exchange for the field, then the field itself, the complete shibud on the field has been paid off. And even when they give him a tautling and reacquire this land, he cannot grab it. Because since they have ex- explicitly stated that this money that they're giving is only to get the field back, it is as if the shibud, which was previously on the field and been removed, is permanently removed. They do not wish to reacquire this field so Shimon should grab it again. They're doing it only for the purpose of getting the field back, not to do the mitzvah of repaying their father's debts. Therefore, the shibud is completely removed and he cannot grab the field a second time.